The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Womb Happy Hour with Lorraine Giordano. It's time to connect with your feminine energy center, your own body, to achieve anything that your heart desires. It's a discussion about a place you may have not discussed so much, the place down there. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Giordano. Welcome. Lovely to share some time with you again. Hope you're having a special day. You're listening to the Womb Happy Hour. I'm your host, Lorraine Giordano. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to uh, connect with me on Facebook, like me on um, at Inspired to Health. So that's Inspired with a D, uh, to T-O, Health. And you can follow me on Twitter at Inspired to Health. That's without the D and the number two. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Lorraine Giordano. So... I'd like to start today's show with a quote, and this quote is by Cheryl Feldman. There is a power that comes to women when they give birth. They don't ask for it and simply invades them, accumulates like clouds on the horizon and passes through, carrying the child with it. And so for today's show, I'd like to focus on And I'm really excited about our guest on the show, but I'd like to focus on um, they don't ask for it, that there is a power that comes to women when they give birth. So for where we are right now in 2017, why not ask for that power, understand the choices that we have with that power uh, while doing the magical, miraculous thing of giving birth? Um, to children. And so I'm really happy to uh, share in the conversation with doula extraordinaire, Ina Paneer. She's a lovely lady and a, and a good friend. And if you'd like to connect with Ina, you can connect with her at Ina at inapaneer.com. Her website is Ina Paneer, and the spelling of that is I-N-A- P-A-N-N-I-E-R.com. If you'd like to email her, you can reach her at doula, that's D-O-U-L-A, at inapaneer.com. And you can like her on Facebook at inapaneerdoula. And that's separate words. So Ina is spelled I-N-A, and that is P-A-N-N-I-E-R, doula. So, Ina. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Lorraine. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) And thank you for your nice words. My pleasure. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we're going to talk about how women can have an empowered birth. Yes. And so let's start off with, I'd like to ask you a question. Um, Because I think somehow this gets lost in in the shuffle of fertility and having babies. Mm -hmm. But based on your experience um, as a mom and as a doula, what role do you think that the birth experience plays in the life of a woman? Yeah. So I think um, it's one of the most important days in our life. For me, it definitely was. It changed me forever. And... um, I'm glad that I had a very good experience. I felt very empowered and connected to myself and strong, confident after the birth of my first daughter. And um, after that, I felt like that was great and every woman should be allowed to feel this way. So I decided to become a doula in 2014. And uh, in my doula journey, 
when we visited Germany once, I was able to talk to the grandma from my husband, Oma. She's 85 years old now. And wow. I talked with her. Yes, I talked with her about birth. She has birthed six children. The first one, she was 16 years old. And uh, she remembered every single thing, like where labor started, where she felt it, the first contraction, when she went to the midwife, how they treated her, how they talked with her, what they did to help her dilate, everything. So that was 68 years ago, and she remembers every single thing, and especially the way she got treated, the way they talked to her, if she got respected. And um, so it's very important um, who we choose to give birth with, and um, it, it's a big, it has a big impact on how we feel afterwards, if we can feel confident or we can feel the opposite. So um, if you have a good experience, then it helps you with the bonding of your child. Um, it helps you to recover faster postnatal. Um, breastfeeding goes better, and as I said, your self-esteem um, is, is bigger after you had a good experience. Or even, you know, you can have a C-section, but you can feel that this was a good experience because you felt in charge and you were able to make some decisions and you had a doctor you trusted and who respected you. And um, it's not easy these days because we have a very overwhelming amount of information out there and there are a lot of possible interventions. It starts pretty early on. Um, everything goes well. You're good in your pregnancy and doctor starts about induction when you're not even there in your brain of thinking when the baby is there. And so... There are a lot of decisions we have to make, and it's hard in these days to stay connected to yourself and to, intu to your intuition and um, to your wishes. So um, it's good to do something to prepare. So support um, sounds like it's, it's really important. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Also, based on your experience, what do you, what can a woman do to have a good birth experience? So, yeah. there's so, it seems so technical just because mm -hmm. of the hospital settings and all the statistics that women are bombarded with and all those, like all those risks that you're talking about that they, mm -hmm. they, they get communicated. Um, so, what can a woman do to have a good birth experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is really not easy to to see where you can have decisions. When you go in these settings, sometimes it feels everything so already decided for you that you feel like you just have to go with it, but there are a lot of things you can take control over and you can take charge and you can make this one very, very special day your own day. You, you can do a lot of things um, to prepare. And preparation, I feel, is, is the key for a good birth. Like, you know, there are amazing, strong, young, young intelligent women out there they go in a birth with maybe having it taking a childbirth class but having no idea of what to expect and then they end up being very scared and, and getting very early on pain medication or epidurals because they were just not prepared. And if you decide you want to have an unmedicated and a natural birth, then there are things you can do to prepare. And even if you decide you want an epidural early on, there are still a lot of things you can do to take charge. So let me start. Um, you can prepare your mind, so it's good to take time to enjoy your pregnancy and to connect with your baby and to connect with yourself and ask you all the way on the journey, every time like check in and it's like, what is it, what I want? Does that feel right? Is this what got offered to me, this what I want, or do I want to go a different path? Because um, you and your I, baby are in the journey together. Yes. And sometimes with my second daughter, they tell you, <laughs> if this feels right or not. Like sometimes you feel like there's a decision to make and, and if you connect with your baby, sometimes the answer comes there. So, um, and um, another thing is to take control over conversations. Like being a mother really starts when you're pregnant. You have to take charge um, of how people treat you and what they tell you. And unfortunately, there are a lot of not-so-good birth stories out there and I don't know why... I have an idea why all these people with the not good stories need to get it out and they see a pregnant woman and kind of run to her and shower her with the not so nice story about their own birth experience. And so it's a good thing to say, thank you that you want to talk to me, but I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to hear that. Please 
not to me. I need to protect myself and my baby. So fill your head with positive birth stories. When I was pregnant, when we came here, 2010, I came here five months pregnant. I moved here from Germany. I had no idea about the things, how it works in, in America. So I had to learn a lot of things, and I was able to find good people that supported me and um, I was a holistic practitioner in Germany and a physical therapist, so I wanted to have a natural birth. I wanted to have a birth where I could feel connected to myself. And so I was able to find good people. And um, I read a book from Ina May Geskin. She's an amazing midwife. And it's called Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. And um, all the things that I'm um, suspecting, like um, that I'm talking about today, I will put on my Facebook page so that people can find the link and can, can look up what I'm talking about today. So there are a lot of good stories in this book, and uh, then I would recommend to watch some birth videos to get familiar with the sounds, like even your husband or the partner from the mother to be uh, can prepare him or herself with listening to the sounds that that happening during a birth and to really see what's going to happen. And um, as I already said, take charge, make it your own birth, create a birth plan, find your birth wishes. Um, there are a lot of things you can decide, even when the baby is there. Do you want to do delayed cord clamping? That's something you can do to um, that all the blood from the placenta goes goes in the baby or the blood that was in the cord. Um, so you can wait a little and then the baby gets more blood. If you don't know this, the doctors take the baby, they cut the cord, and the blood stays in the cord. And if you just say it and make a birth plan and say, this is my wish, they do it. You know, you just need to talk about it and say it. And um, there's another because thing. It's called, yeah. Sorry, because I, I don't think a lot of women even realize they have those options. Um, yes, you have a voice. Like, you can really quit being a nice patient, say what you want. But to, to be able to do this, you need to know your choices. So you need to inform yourself. But there are a lot of choices. And if you sit down and, and Google birth plan, and I'm going to put something on my Facebook page about this too, there's something called the visual birth plan that I like a lot because it shows you all the options that are there that you see what are my decisions. Let's say dim the lights in the room, have some electric candles, have a nice smell, bring a nice picture, um, look for some affirmations before, um, and that the doctors just know, okay, they want to wait with all these things you need to do when baby is born. There's something called the golden hour, as I just wanted to say. So you can place baby on the chest right after birth. I mean, that's the natural place where it usually belongs. And then you can wait until the baby has breastfed for the first time until you do the, the weighing and, and checking the other things the doctor has to check. So um, you can wait with these things. And that's an important question during the birth anyway. Like, can we wait with this? Like when the woman, um, you know, is laboring, there can be a lot of questions um, coming up from the doctors that they want to do this and this and this. And that dads or the, the father-to-be can just ask, okay, yes, thank you, but could we wait with this if it's not really necessary to do? So if you created a birth plan, you know about these options and you know which questions you can ask and which, which place for your voices in this setting. And um, skin to skin is it called in this golden hour that you put the baby on the mother and it's a big, big benefit for, for mother and baby to have this skin to skin contact. It's had a lot of benefits for breastfeeding, for the immune system and for everything. And, uh, yes. of course, take a childbirth class and uh, set clear boundaries with, with the people around you. Like, in these days, I've seen it. People think, oh, it's like in a soap opera. Somebody's giving birth. Cool. We're going to be in that room. We're going to film it. And the whole family is going to be there. I think eight people were the, the, the biggest number I had in a birth setting. And usually you say, for every person in the room, it's like 30 minutes longer of labor. Because, of course, everybody brings their own energy. They distract you. And it's hard. A woman in labor, usually, you know, when a kitten gives, a, a cat gives birth, they go in a, in a dark corner all by themselves, and that's where they give birth. And we are in this hospital in this bright light, nurses coming in every 30 minutes. And it's hard to focus on yourself and to see what your body and your baby needs when you get brought out of your focus all the time. So it is okay to say to the grandparents-to-be, we love you so much, but please wait at home until we say we are ready. Ina. Yeah. This is such valuable information. We're going to come on a break right now, but we'll Mm -hmm. pick it up after our break in a couple of minutes.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Visit InspiredToHelp.net for help in feeling more grounded, centered, and relaxed using different energy healing tools. Lorraine Giordano works with women and men in person or via Skype or telephone sessions. You can sign up for a single session or try one of our discounted multi-session packages. We also offer three levels of Reiki classes. Find out more at InspiredToHelp.net. You can even book Lorraine for a workshop or speaking event. Visit InspiredToHelp.net today. Do you get a little nervous or hesitate to discuss topics down there that aren't talked about often? We hear you. Or are you curious to look at frequently discussed topics from a different perspective? Visiting InspiredToHealth.net opens up a whole world of discussion that you may not have known even existed. Lorraine Giordano offers a forum of open and frank discussion about those seemingly unmentionable topics down below. Visit now, InspiredToHealth.net. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredtohealth.net. Now back to the Womb Happy Hour. Welcome back. We've, uh, we're back from break and we are discussing choices for women to have an empowered birth. And Ina Paneer, um, a doula, is with us sharing such huge, awesome um really important information about how you can prepare your mind um, to have a good birth experience and we're gonna we're gonna continue our conversation so before you left we were talking about setting up boundaries right about who's in the room Um, Mm -hmm. and that's can you repeat just that um, for each person in the room it 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 increases how much yeah, it's like a saying. I don't know if it's a saying in the doula world or if it's really written down somewhere, but you say it's like 30 minutes extra labor for every person in the room. Wow. And, yes. And I feel like it's very important to just think about it's like the most intense, vulnerable time of your life, and who do you really want to have there? And do you have the people there to please them, or is it because they really will support you? I've been at a birth where the mother of the mother-to-be, so the grandma-to-be, cried in every contraction and was, and was yelling for a C-section because she couldn't stand seeing her daughter in pain. That was not very helpful. <laughs> so, um, so it adds a lot of pressure to the, yeah. the mom-to-be. I also had it once that I had a client. She, she was longing for a natural birth. She was the first in her family with this wish. She had, she had a sister and the mother, and both had heaven... Um, C-sections, like one had, I think, three children with C-section and one had two. And they were, like, really talking harshly to her that she's sitting her baby at risk for even trying for a vaginal birth. And my client was very educated and was looking for the risks for a vaginal birth, What is really not true, uh, that it's risky to have a vaginal birth. And they walked in, they were uninvited, and they walked in the room when my client was laboring. I went out to give them some space because I didn't know what this was about. And when I came back in afterwards, after they left, I found my client in tears and her husband very upset. And then we had to work through a lot of emotions before this baby could be born. So it's really set clear boundaries. And even if the people are just waiting on the hospital floor or downstairs, you feel them. Like even I as a doula could feel this energy from this waiting people. So it's, it's a good thing to to really think about who is supportive for you and your wishes when you are in birth. Like, it's, it's an important decision. So um, set boundaries, set clear boundaries. It starts there because when the baby is there and it comes to parenting, you have to set boundaries all the time. So it's a good exercise for that. It prepares you for motherhood. Um, yeah. And it's using and then, your voice, too. Yes, yes. It's Which like, is very important. Take charge. It's, it's your birth. It's your most important day of the life or one of them. So 
um, you will really remember every single thing. So it's important who you choose and uh, how you decide to set up. And uh, another thing I want to say is if you prepare and if you feel educated where there's confidence, there's no place for fear. So um, you really are less scared and more prepared when you just take charge and do the things I'm talking about. Another thing is to look for affirmations that can help you dilate or that can help you process. And, you know, some people just say to themselves during the contractions, open or let go and trust. My affirmation was Emma is coming, <laughs> my birth. <laughs> it helped a lot. So, um, and then there is to prepare your body. There are a lot of great things you can do to get physically ready for your birth. Like walk upright a mile a day. There's one thing, it's called spinning babies. I'm going to put that on my Facebook page too. It is about optimal fetal positioning. And the one key thing is if you sit a lot, the baby cannot turn head down because gravity is not going to help the head moving down because you're sitting yeah. too much. So if you sit, if you squat to prepare your legs because you're going to need some strength during birth, stretching is a good thing. Sitting well, so if you're imagining having a flashlight sticking out from your belly and shining in the front, if you sit that way that the flashlight would, would shine through the ceiling, that's not such a good position for the baby. It's better if you sit up, move your belly forward, that the flashlight can shine downwards to the floor, then you have a good position for the baby. Of course, not all the time, but it's at least good to know it. You know, a lot of people just don't even know that these are reasons why you have breech babies so often, because... Women sit all the time in the office, in the car. We don't walk so much, so they just, baby just can't move head down. Prenatal yoga is a good thing to prepare. Acupuncture and then chiropractor or craniosacral help to align the pelvis because our pelvis has to move a lot during birth. The sacrum has to move backwards, so um, if you have a blockade in the pelvis, it's harder for the sacrum to move, so it's a good preparation. And then there's another thing called perineal massage to prepare the skin the baby has to go through. So you have less tearing under birth if you start this massage a few weeks before you give birth. And then another important thing. I have thing. a question. Yes, sure. So as far as the sitting um, with the flashlight uh-huh. tip, um, what sort of, how often should women try to do that? Well, it's good when you sit down, when you remember it. You cannot sit like this for two hours, but at least for a while. So just give your baby plenty of time to move head down. So, But a few times during the day, here and there? You, whenever you remember it, when you sit down, when you first sit down for like five minutes, sit like this, and then, of course, you need to relax. That's what I would say, so just to remind and remember it. Okay. Yeah. And the next thing is to, um, to set up a birth team. So, as I said, look which people you want to have there who are supportive for you, and then you have to decide, do you want to go with a doctor or with a midwife? Do you want to give birth in a hospital or at home? And um, there are a lot of procedures some, that some doctors just do routinely. So if you don't ask, they're just going to do it. You get a monitor on your belly, and sometimes that means you, you could be restricted to the bed. You cannot move and labor what is important for the baby to be able to move down. So just good, you know, doctors do these things, of course, to make sure everybody is fine. But if you look at the birth you want to have and why, then it's just good to speak up and say what, what you want to have. So which hospital regulations? Are you allowed to eat and drink or in labor or not? And when um, it comes to induction, um, some doctors have policies that they don't allow you to go over a certain time over your due date. And uh, there's um, about the due date, there's like a misconception, you can say, or not all women have the same length of cycle. So um, they calculate your due date on your menstruation, but sometimes that doesn't mean that works out. So... Um, there are great articles about it where I'm going to put the link also on my Facebook page. You can more talk about a due month than about a due date because you can give birth two weeks before your due date and two weeks after your due date, and all is fine. And um, so a good thing also is when you have your due date, to not tell your relatives and friends your exact due date. Tell it two weeks later because then people will not call you all the time and saying, is the baby there? That can be very stressful and annoying. If you wait for your baby, 
and everybody uh. else is contacting you and saying, is the baby coming, is the baby coming, you would let them know, right, if it's there or if you're in labor. So um, if you want to spare yourself this trouble, just say, you know, you do date two weeks later. And, um, and there is some time with this due date where, you know, the doctors are like, they start talking to you at 39 weeks sometimes, some doctors. A lot of doctors are great, and some doctors just have their restrictions where they are a little bit more, yeah, strict on it. So if, you start, if they start talking too early, that can make you very nervous, and then you feel, you know, in pressure to perform. And what you really need in labor and birth is space, room to be allowed to give birth and to, to just do what you need, what your baby needs. And then it's hard to put this together in a hospital setting where the nurse comes in to check your blood pressure all the time or... You know, so um, it's just good when you are able to say your wishes and you know your doctor is supportive in them. So start asking challenging questions about induction, um, about eating and drinking and labor, about which positions are allowed when you're pushing, because some doctors only allow you to be flat on your back. There are a lot of other things you could do to help gravity to bring out babies. So um, how high is his C-section rate? There's, for example, here in the New York City area is an is a organization called Choices in Childbirth, and they have their C, the C-section rates for the hospitals um, on their website. And so you can ask your doctor, how is your C-section rate, how high? And if he says, oh, it's just for risk patients, then you can ask, like, what is considered a high-risk patient? And sometimes you would be surprised who is considered high-risk. Um, and if you, if you don't want to have that, then you know, okay, maybe you choose a different care provider. So ask these questions early on. It's easier to change your provider before you're 20 weeks pregnant. After that, sometimes it can be a little bit more tricky. So quit being I remember, a mm-hmm. Sorry, I remember uh, seeing an article about a hospital in the Midwest, um, and I don't remember the, the name of the hospital specifically, but their C-section rates were like 65 to 70%. Mm-hmm. Like it was just yeah. so high. Mm-hmm. So that's a very valuable question to ask. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that because a hospital, let's say, is specialized in high-risk clients, that's why they have high C-section. Let's say they have a lot of twin births or they have a lot of, I don't know, other high-risk um, clients, and that might be the reason why the rate is so high. But um, if you're looking for a very natural, unmedicated birth, then, yeah, there might be other places. But you can have a care provider. I've seen, I have seen amazing doctors, they are for high-risk clients, but they also specialize in V-Bucks, and um, they were amazing in supporting my client in her wish for, for a V-Buck as a vaginal birth after a cesarean. Some people think that's not even allowed. <laughs> it is, and it, it's working. It's, it's a very great experience, very healing for the family very often when they had not such a good experience with the C-section for the first baby, and the doctors were amazing. And... Um, so there are very supportive providers out there and amazing doctors, but it's just you have to look for them and to, to ask the right questions, you know. There are a lot of women who like providers. They do epidurals early on and they, they do a lot of medical interventions fast and, and women like that. And they go with them and, and they have a good experience too. That's great. You just need to know your wishes and how you can get them supported. Um, another thing... So important. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, another thing you can do to prepare is, um, is also that you look for a care provider who supports breastfeeding because you're more likely to have a successful breastfeeding relationship with your, with your baby if you have a provider who supports that. So um, it's really just, um, just important to look who you're going with and who you're going to have there. And, of course, um, not to say it at least, to choose if you want that, a doula at your birth because a doula uh, can just support you in a lot of things during the birth. So what is a doula? For, the, for our listeners out there that aren't necessarily familiar with a doula, what, yeah. how would you describe a doula and what does a doula do? Yeah. In one sentence, you could say a doula is a non-judgmental, non-medical labor companion. And um, I would say I'm like a woman's best friend that you can hire that supports her during birth and in the time before. So um, how it works is that I usually meet my clients two times before the birth. We do an interview. Um, and, uh, and then you, if, they, if they hire you, 
um, you meet two times before the birth, and uh, sometimes you go another time if you feel that's necessary. And um, uh, then I help my clients define their birth wishes. So I help them create a birth plan and um, bring the information to them that they need because this overwhelming amount of information that we had is, is hard to to navigate through. So I help them navigate through all this information so that they can make the decisions they want. And it's not the place of the doula to tell them, oh, you should do this or this is right and this is wrong. That's what non-judgmental means, that you really support them in whatever they need and whatever they want. Because the last thing a a woman in labor or even a pregnant woman needs is that she makes a a decision and somebody sits there raising their eyebrows and making her feel guilty for, let's say, wanting an epidural because every every mother wants the best for her child. So, um, Now, are you providing you. medical advice at all? No. Yeah, that's a very important question. No. We are not giving any medical advice. We are not giving advice, like really, anyway. We help them, support them, setting up everything and can tell what has worked for other people. Um, but especially the medical things we're not doing. We're not performing any medical tasks like taking blood pressure or even checking for dilation. That's what a midwife does or, or a doctor. But a doula is just there um, for the emotional and physical challenges a woman goes through during birth. And um, as I said in the beginning, we, we help create the birth plan. We set up the nursery with our clients. And, and we are there with email and phone contact um, to just... Uh, listen and uh, talk about fears and concerns. And during birth, the woman, the doula never leaves the side of the laboring woman. So I'm there holding her hand for the whole time if that's what needed. I know about all the emotional, physical challenges that, that um, a laboring woman goes through. So I'm there, help her breathe, um, give her a back rub, remind her of her affirmations. Um, sometimes I give the father-to-be or the, the partner of the laboring woman some tasks there's a pretty cool app to count contractions. So sometimes I give him a phone in the hand and he does that. It depends on what the dad-to-be wants to do. So a doula is taking care of the, of the father-to-be too. Like I make sure that also he's drinking and using the bathroom and make sure that the woman is uh, emptying her bladder frequently because that can make more pain in labor if you forget to go to the, to the bathroom. So I make sure that she, if she's allowed, that she can drink. And... Um, I just show her, you know, somebody's there taking care of her, listening to all her wishes, to her fears and concerns, and um, help her to every single contraction. And one of the dads once said to me, for him it was uh, very helpful that he just needed to look at me, and as long as I looked calm, he could be calm. And uh, that yeah. was for almost two days. So we've been there for a while. And um, But they were, they knew they could stay calm because... I looked like everything was normal, and so <laughs> they felt pretty well. And uh, there are some numbers that I can tell you. If a doula is present at your birth, you have like a 31% decrease in the use of Pitocin, so that means uh, for induction. And uh, you have a 28% less risk of a C-section. And um, 34% women have, or 34% have decrease in the risk of being dissatisfied with their birth experience. You need less pain medication. So um, there are a lot of benefits for having a doula at your birth. Yeah, and I think it goes back to what you started off with, the support. What I find interesting is that, um, you know, we're familiar with the fight or flight response, which stress. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But for women, there's also um, the tend and befriend response where Mm -hmm. women come together. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it creates more of a calming, healing um, effect on the body. Um, and so to have a doula is, is in a sense, kind of honoring that tend and befriend, that support for having someone there with you um, in such a vulnerable, yeah. you know, life-giving, intense situation. It's pretty That's powerful. Yeah, and those like statistics are pretty the- powerful. Hmm? Those statistics are pretty powerful, too. Yes. And these are really like real numbers, like studies they have done. Um, but it is like as it was in the early years, right? The women were surrounded by, by, by friends, usually female friends and relatives. They only supported her. They really knew what she needed. And a hospital setting is 
a little bit different to what it was in the early years, right? With the bright light and, and the interruptions all the time. And the doula helps you staying kind of focused because you need to go in your, they call it like the monkey brain and the, and the, and the other part of your brain to be able to give birth. You need to feel safe. You need to be able to let go. And um, so it's, it's hard to stay focused. When you feel scared, or when you feel when you have to do all when you have to make all these decisions about like offered interventions if they should break your water or all these things, so there are things you can do to set up your birth room in a nice way where the doula can help you with. And uh, another thing is that the doula also fosters communication with the staff, so because it is hard to navigate to all these medical terms, and so sometimes the doula can just help. Usually, it's the woman doesn't talk as much in labor anymore, so you talk with the with the with the partner of the laboring woman, and usually the dad to be, and explain him what they offered and what it is what they want. And a good question very often is just to ask, okay, what would happen if we would just wait a little bit more? Because usually, really, what women need in labor is time. And some hospitals or care providers have the policy that you have 24 hours to deliver your baby when you step in the hospital, or after they break your water, you're in the clock, and then. It gets hard to be under pressure and then having to deliver your baby. So it's just good if you can buy yourself some time and space. And that's what what uh, we do in the communication with the staff that, you know, I help fathers just to ask the questions that they know afterwards. And that's the thing. My, my goal is that the client is, is, uh, feels 100% sure that this was the birth they wanted or at least that they were able to, to make the decisions that were needed. Like in birth, you always need a plan B and C. Like you can make your birth plan, your wishes, but then comes nature and uh, some things happen. But if you were in control of your, of your decisions, then you can be satisfied with your birth experience afterwards. So you just knew you did the best you could. And a doula can guide you to the information you need to make these decisions and can help you staying on track and, and staying calm. It is very overwhelming um, being in a hospital situation and then something happens and the doctors come and then they tell you, oh, we have to do this and this and this, and you just don't know if there might have been another way. And when you find out afterwards, that can be pretty hurtful sometimes. So it's a good thing to have somebody there who helps you finding your voice in this setting. So important. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a break and mm-hmm. we'll be back in two minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you get a little nervous or hesitate to discuss topics down there that aren't talked about often? We hear you. Or are you curious to look at frequently discussed topics from a different perspective? Visiting inspiredtohealth.net opens up a whole world of discussion that you may not have known even existed. Lorraine Giordano offers a form of open and frank discussion about those seemingly unmentionable topics down below. Visit now, inspiredtohealth.net. Visit inspiredtohealth.net for help in feeling more grounded, centered, and relaxed using different energy healing tools. Lorraine Giordano works with women and men in person or via Skype or telephone sessions. You can sign up for a single session or try one of our discounted multi-session packages. We also offer three levels of Reiki classes. Find out more at inspiredtohealth.net. You can even book Lorraine for a workshop or speaking event. Visit inspiredtohealth.net today. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredtohealth.net. Now back to the Womb Happy Hour. Hi, everyone. We're back on the Womb Happy Hour with Lorraine Giordano and Dula Ina Panier talking about how to create an empowered birth. And uh, Ina's been sharing such huge 
valuable information. And luckily, she's going to be able to share some of that information on her website at uh, www.inapanier.com. That's all one word, inapanier.com. Um, and on her Facebook page, and actually she's both sharing the information on her Facebook page, um, clarification on that. So you can find her at Ina Paneer Dula on Facebook. And yes, yeah, so we were just talking about how to, um, what a doula does and all the, the benefits and support that um, a doula can provide to a woman and to a, a husband or a partner um, during the birthing process. And so, Ina, what can a woman do to prepare for postpartum? So what's interesting is that you hear often that a lot of women are experiencing postpartum depression, mm-hmm. but um, and maybe touch on that, but what can a woman do to prepare because it's all in that preparation, that like awareness and understanding that can, can make a, a big difference. Well, one good preparation for a good postpartum time is a good birth experience because it's proven that you have a, a, a lower risk of developing postpartum depression if you had a good birth experience. And um, then also preparation. So you can, it's a good thing to look to fill, to fill your freezer if you know, you know you're getting closer to your due date. So to pre-cook and freeze some meals, to look for delivery services ahead of time and maybe also order from some you know, food delivery services that you can just put on, on reorder, to just click on reorder when your baby is there because you're going to be busy with uh, breastfeeding and taking care of this little baby in the first time. You can also hire a postpartum doula. That's something I do too. So that a woman who comes to your house after birth and take care of you and your baby and sometimes help a little bit with the household. But um, placenta encapsulation is another thing. Uh, it, um, it's um, something that can help you with the hormones after birth to feel more balanced and, and stabilized. And um, For women birth, who don't know about placenta encapsulation... Yeah. Can you describe that a little bit? Yeah, so there are um, amazing women out there who do that. They like pick up your placenta from the hospital, and then they there are different ways of, of um, uh, process the placenta, and then some let's say dry it, and then they put it in capsules, and you can take the capsules. There are also other ways of, of consuming it, but that's like a very let's say that's the most common way. So um, you you pay somebody for picking up the placenta. Um, processing it for you, and then you can, <clears throat> you can consume um, these capsules. And it um, it's, uh, should prevent postpartum depression, help you with, with balance. And some freeze it and use it when, when the menopause is coming, so it has a, like hormonal benefits. And um, there are also some herbs and teas who does that, like my midwife. I had an amazing... Home birth team here for my for the second for my second uh, child, and um, she brought some amazing teas and herbs, sit baths, and so there are things you can do for the like physical aspects. And um, and another thing, one person told me when I was pregnant with my first daughter, forget about cleaning, forget about how the house looks. The first three months go so fast. Um, just enjoy your baby and just focus on that. And I'm glad that I did that because I must say you forget a lot how it was in the beginning because you're so overwhelmed with yourself and everything. Um, But I know I did it. So I cannot remember all these special moments. I have some in my head, but I remember that I really enjoyed that time and that I didn't care about how the house looked. And um, another thing, again, is about setting boundaries to visitors. There are some signs. I'm going to put an example on my Facebook page um, that tell visitors if they come that they, you know, should respect the boundaries of the parents. If the mom wants to breastfeed, if they don't want to see it, they should leave the room, wash your hands, don't touch the baby uninvited, um, and then maybe do a little task, clean up or bring some food instead of a onesie for the baby. You can even ask people at baby showers to... to um, 
to collect money for a postpartum doula instead of giving like uh, five outwards for the baby because these are things that are really beneficial for the mother. Um, That's a valuable gift. Help. Yeah. Yes. And don't be shy. Ask for help and really know that you're going to need help. Look for for mom support groups in your in your area. Um, even online, there's also if you want to breastfeed. There's here in New Jersey is a is a group called um, New Jersey Badass Breastfeeders. They are amazing. You get a lot of amazing information there. I would also very highly recommend. I didn't say it before. If you plan to breastfeed, go to a breastfeeding class or to a La Leche League meeting while you're pregnant because it is hard when you try to learn about breastfeeding the moment when your child was born because. I've seen that women overwhelmed from the experience they just had, and then you have to help them getting this baby on the breast. So um, what we do anyway, because doulas stay there and help the woman with the breastfeeding, but um, it's good to, you know, when you're pregnant, you, your head is a little bit more free to go there and uh, observe some mothers feeding their babies and to ask your questions before the baby is there. Also choose a pediatrician that is best feeding supportive. And um, then look for mommy and me yoga or Pilates groups and uh, sleep when baby is sleeping. There's another thing. It's called Bangkok belly binding that can help you support your belly after the birth to give you some, as I said, support. But it also helps with the emotions to kind of you're pretty raw and open after a birth and it helps you kind of closing in. So um, set up a support system and, again, find your voice, set your boundaries and... Uh, say what you want. There are a lot of women who are too nice. They don't want to say no to the visitors, but they are not ready seeing people yet. There's, a, we call it the fourth trimester. These are, you know, the next weeks after birth. And it's a tough time for the mom. It's a big adjustment. And be nice to yourself. Allow yourself to cry and to be overwhelmed with everything that happens. I will remember that forever, how I felt when my daughter was born. Um, I'm now a mom, and it was amazing and great, but also a lot of times very overwhelming. And um, don't rush yourself that you need to go to the movies with your old friends. And we were lucky when we came here. We didn't have a lot of friends because we had just moved here, and then my daughter was born four months later. So nobody called us and saying, oh, let's go for a beer, let's do this and this. So we could do everything on our own terms. And that was that was a good feeling because I could just arrive in this totally new role in my life yeah so uh, I'm, I would guess that this comes up but um, for the fathers or the partners out there um, does a doula take over the role of yes. let's say a partner or from the does mm-hmm. it take over that role it's a very good and important question because some dads or fathers to be uh, don't want to have a doula because they think they don't have anything to do when the doula is there. We are not taking over the role of the dad, not at all, or the father-to-be, or, I mean, sometimes there are two women having a baby, so we are not taking the role over from the partner. We are supporting him or her on her or his own comfort level, so the dad can play the role he wants to play, and um, the doula takes over the rest. Um, so I sometimes go to the house and exercise with them some comfort measures where I'm glad when the dad can help me because they are very physically tiring. It's called the hip squeeze, and you you know press very hard the hip from, from the laboring woman. It, it's a big relief under birth, but um, can be very tiring for the people who have to do it. So, so it's nice when I can take turns with the dad, things like that. And, um, and for the dad, it's great to know the doula is there because then he can leave and use the bathroom or go and eat something, and we can take turns standing on the side of the woman, um, <clears throat> and it can really happen on his own comfort level. And I can, as I said, give him tasks, what to do. You can foster the communication between the two of them, too. Um, I had it once. We have a very nice person working in our house here, and his wife is pregnant, and he came to me. He knows that I'm a doula, and he said, she was so upset with me, she was crying, and I always said, don't cry to her, and then I explained to him, don't say don't cry, hold her, tell her you're there for her, and that's what she needed to hear, so next time when she cries, I told him, just take her on the arm and say, you can cry as much as you want, I'm here for you, that's what women want to hear, so, and I can explain the dads a little bit better, what kind of pain is the woman going through, it's a good pain, it's an effective pain, it's not, you know, because men usually only know the pain from injuries, and they think the woman 
makes these sounds because it's like from an injury, but it's the productive pain it brings the baby. So you can explain everything a little better and give them some comfort too. Sometimes you even give the dad some back rubs when he worked a lot on the on the mother and labor. So so a tool of support for the for the family. Yes, yeah, I've I've had the situation with the eight people in the room there. I gave the the grandpa to be the the app with the co- uh, contraction tracker, and I gave the 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 grandma to be some tasks and the dad to be. So I was like trying to involve the everybody, whole team. And, yeah, taking care. So that in the end, it's the best for the you you know you connect with the woman, you look in her face, and you try to see what it is what she needs, right, and um, to help and support her in the best way possible and for the dads even too when you see the dads getting upset about something and you you know sometimes some emotion comes up in labor and you're taking care of them too or give them space when they need to talk you leave the room and, and make sure that nobody is going in the room for that moment because something came up yes so we're going to have to break in a couple minutes mm-hmm. yeah. but um, thank you so much for sharing all this amazing information um, you're welcome before we go, I, would, I just want to ask, because sometimes I like to ask my guests, if there's any womb wisdom, if you would yeah. just want to quickly share a little womb wisdom for mm-hmm. our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I would say women are strong. Women are made for this. We are made to give birth. Don't allow anybody to scare you. Take charge about your birth and uh, find your own wishes. Okay. Thank you, Ina. So... You can connect with Ina at um, on Facebook at Ina Paneer, P-A-N-N-I-E-R, doula. She's going to be sharing valuable information um, that she talked about, about the benefits of doula, um, a lot of her amazing ideas on how to prepare your mind, prepare your body. And um, thank you so much, Ina, for being here. I'd love thank to you have so you much on for again. Me. <laughs> yes. yes, I would love and that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Lorraine Giordano from the Womb Happy Hour. Have a great week and talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for the Womb Happy Hour. Be sure to tune in again for another edition featuring your host, Lorraine Giordano, next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have an excellent week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 